cartoons from present in the past. Every week we'll be an animated bash. What a cartoon! What a cartoon! Maybe a short but mostly shops. We'll talk while analyze exploring as we go. What a cartoon! What a cartoon! What a cartoon! What a cartoon! Hello, everybody. Welcome to What a Cartoon, where it's always ice to see you. I am your host, Vendetta Haver, Bob Mackey. And this is an audio exploration of every cartoon ever. Who is here with me today? Uh, Henry Gilbert, and I never feel a warm summer breeze on my face. Hmm, should kill about that. <laughs> Who else? Frosted Dome, Matt J. Wow. Uh, so this is our inaugural episode of the What a Cartoon podcast. Welcome! Yes, welcome, and uh, thank you for uh, checking it out. I hope you guys enjoyed the Hot Dad theme song that opened yes. it up here. Yeah. It will be stuck in your brain forever. That's, that's so that's, cool. That's our plan. Thank you. But in case you don't know, this is our new podcast. We are the Talking Simpsons Guys. In this new series, will be every week a different episode of a different cartoon. And this first episode and all the rest will be free on our new feed. You're probably listening to this on the Talking Simpsons feed right now. And if you like this episode, if you go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons, the second episode is right there, right now, waiting for you. It's waiting for you. Pick up the phone. Because <laughs> we're following the same format we have with Talking Simpsons as well of there's the free feed, but a week early and ad-free on the Patreon, we will be releasing every What a Cartoon. And we really wanted to do this because... We love talking about The Simpsons in detail, but I just love that style of analysis so much and love so many different cartoons. It would be great for us to do it for multiple shows, mm-hmm. but we can't just do every episode of a show. Like we would love to. Yes. <laughs> of every not show. Enough, not enough hours in the day. But well, one more thing about the Patreon. So... Today is Monday. On Friday, we'll be launching Talking Futurama. You can find the first episode of that for free also in the Talking Simpsons feed. But just like this podcast, if you go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons, the second episode will also be there only on Patreon. And then every other episode of Talking Futurama will only be on Patreon. That's only the place where you can find it. That same $5 that gets you access to Talking Futurama also gets you the week early free access to What a Cartoon, as well as that for Talking Simpsons and a ton of exclusive things that are on there. You'd be a fool not to give us five dollars at least <laughs> and we have we have been very busy but we love it, mm, I, feel like of it. I feel like i should also sell myself uh, a little mm-hmm. bit up top because i'm not a talking simpsons guy i'm mm-hmm. i'm a friend of the talking simpsons guys mm-hmm. i enjoy you two immensely Thank in you. person uh and the podcast of course nice. but uh i am not supported by your patreon i am just a fan of yours who uh i love cartoons i mm-hmm. make a youtube show called cartoons 101 which has been on a bit of a hiatus but will return soon where i uh it's video essays uh the av club called them mini documentaries so i feel like Okay, calling them documentaries. <laughs> uh, they're they're mini movies. Yeah. Oh yeah, the AV Club featured my first video, awesome. uh, which was about the history of Robin Williams playing the genie. How he mm. got cast, how he left, how they begged him to come back with things like a million dollar Picasso painting. That was a great video. I That's did great. Thank you. It. Yeah, and you were a total perfect first guest to have on our on our inaugural What a Cartoon. Thank for you. Sure. In case you couldn't tell by his explanation, he Matthew's a huge animation fan. We talk yeah. about animation whenever we're together, so he's the perfect guy to be on this first episode and to cut to the chase this episode is all about batman the animated series episode heart of ice taking up video games are we sir 
And as we'll do from now on, let's get into the history of Batman, the animated series. I did a big hunk of research for this. I was a huge fan of Batman, the animated series as kids. I'm sure all of us uh, were. Mm -hmm. I knew who Batman was before this show started i was was so excited for the tim burton batman the 1989 tim burton batman i loved it so much but this show was even more important to me i would say than than the burton show even in 92 before i realized how special it was Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. starting in 1990 warner brothers animation is looking to get into making a batman animated series because the movie just came out and was huge they're already working on tiny tunes so they want to start working on a batman animated series internally there are people who are working on Tiny Toons who make a pitch for Batman to the president of Warner Brothers Animation, Gene McCurdy. She is given this pitch by just two animators who work on Tiny Toons who had never mm-hmm. shown on a show before, Bruce Tim and Eric Radomski, or Bruce W. Tim, as he's sometimes credited as, thanks to, like, I would guess, Writer's Guild rules or whatever. So they make a pitch. Bruce Tim draws who he thinks his Batman should look like, a very stripped-down Batman. Eric Radomski shows what he thinks the background and the world should look like a very painterly neo-noir style and they're given the budget to do a test video an animation test that they do together which would become the opening of the show it was so good so the second g mccurdy saw that she's like this is it this is batman they talk about him and eric radomsky in this amazing <laughs> oral history of batman in the vulture talk about how they were so shocked that they had never show run a cartoon before they were used to like well these things are supposed to be bad like this is a toy commercial this is he-man this is transformers super friends super friends this is going to be all these bad shows Mm -hmm. and they didn't want it to be that and shockingly warner was right behind them the whole way Uh, so then two more key people joined the staff when they were building it alan burnett and paul dini Mm -hmm. alan burnett had actually showrun cartoons before and he was ready to quit but this opportunity was just too amazing for him paul dini had just been like a journeyman on bad 80s cartoons he took like he worked on he-man he was a writer for he-man and those are all tiny tunes guys right yeah they all came straight from tiny tunes and actually i know in the first season of batman the animated series they they had to use the color palette from tiny tunes they couldn't even change <laughs> that they were they were happier to be free of it in later ones there's some there's a number of tiny tunes asides and jokes in early episodes of it like uh, someone is reading a tiny tunes comic in mm-hmm. in one scene uh, but yeah so they're working on the show together they want to get far away from the adam west batman which still so much defined Batman, but also all the animated appearances of Batman pre-1992 were kind of in the Adam West mold. You had Super Friends, you had the Filmation shows, and if they didn't cast Adam West directly... They got a guy to sound, sound like Adam West. He was just a goofball. Yeah, they Adam West did play Batman many times, and then Robin was usually Casey Kasem. That's right. Yes, it's mm-hmm. so what? Well, yeah. because especially on Super <laughs> Friends, which was a Hanna Barbera production, so like we got Casey Kasem yeah. on lockdown. Is he already? Yeah. That really worked out when Batman was on Scooby Doo in those it, movies. It did, <laughs> yes, yeah. I those were easily my favorite Scooby Doo episodes as a kid because I'm like Batman. Oh my god, more than the Globetrotters. I know, or D- Don Adams. Yeah, Don mm-hmm. Adams. Don- 
John Adams. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. This island. <laughs> they didn't want it to be that. They wanted Batman to be closer to not just Tim Burton, but also they were coming straight out of the 80s where Frank Miller and also Alan Moore, especially Doug Monet in the comics as well, and uh, Mike W. Barr, a bunch of other writers and amazing artists like David Mazzuccelli, Norm Brayfogel. Yeah. Those guys were... I just read a big collection of his yeah, Batman stuff. Yeah, he, he's great. really underrated in the Batman mythos. Like, mm-hmm. he, he invented the third Robin. Like, his look... Everybody loves Tim Drake partially because of that and Chuck Dixon's writing on it. But so, they had all these... The less ba- said about Chuck Dixon, the better. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway... <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, they, they wanted to make a Batman that was more serious like that and to make a show that kids could still enjoy and sell to kids on a kids network on fox's brand new uh, saturday morning lineup but they also wanted to have it something adults would like they wouldn't it wouldn't be colorful it wouldn't have a kid sidekick in it uh, they like their robin is is in his night is like 19 and he He's just drops him to visit yeah he, it's they, very they rare. send him to college so they don't have to have him around all the time and i love that choice and two other influences i'll say definitely that make this a timeless show when you watch this show you're not, you're not like oh it's so 90s like so number one art deco this this show oh, yeah. is a very very strong Art Deco influence. Number two, film noir. The reason I love crime fiction, the reason I love film noir is because of this cartoon. Because wow. every episode is a little film noir. The way it is quote unquote shot, the way the characters talk, it is very much of that era. The pacing? The like, pacing it too. It is the slowest cartoon ever despite being an action cartoon. And they also, uh, very famously, the backgrounds are drawn on black paper. Yes. Because yeah. they w- they couldn't afford that much black paint. And every man wears a hat. Yeah. yeah. Every man wears a hat and they wear, it's in my notes here. I love this show's this is the bit of the 90s, late 80s style slipping in where everybody's wearing giant stop making sense suits. Like everyone's suits are giant and puffy until they do the redesign where everyone, everything gets very sleek yes, and straight yeah. lines. And we'll talk about the the design of the characters, but Bruce Tim and Eric Radomski were very smart in saying, like, let's make these as clean and minimalistic as possible mm-hmm. while still conveying the characters. Because with a lot of action cartoons of this era, like, go look at the X Men cartoon from the same year. Woof. It's like, okay, the characters will have as many lines as they do in the comic which means they will be a, a complete mess mm-hmm. moving around the screen in this they're all very clean they're all very elegant and then they can trust you overseas studios to not screw anything up it's just like it's yeah. a very very simple design in the oral history tim talks about his vision on that too he says like you look at gi joe at the time and they had all these like belts and buttons and he's like you don't need to draw the shoelaces yeah, like, they don't nobody move. misses them yeah and so it was a real vision for him too and i will say i think paul dini was the best writer on the show he really set a tone for it too in the neo-noir kind of storytelling and the very compact storytelling which he also took from comics like paul dini huge comic fan who then he knew what was great about comic books single issue stories like that could be done just like that and were about tight storytelling i think another person who deserves a ton of credit for this show is andrea romano mm-hmm. yeah. like she is a legend in animation voice casting and i dare say say the best cast of any show in voice acting might be batman the animated series she said she's the reason andrea the reason cartoons sound the way they do is because of her Mm -hmm. these days she started the trend so like cartoons the the trends which was also the trend at the 
time of her for the longest time was like you hire like three dudes mm. and they do tons of voices and they they can do cartoony voices. I and can be can every do, Smurf. Yeah, but she realized like no, it's voice acting. So the first thing, first things first, is actors. So mm. like they cast Kevin Conroy because he sounds like Batman should sound. Mm. He is my Batman. Yeah, he's ever, like he's yeah. still the voice I hear, and I actually believe like he still plays Batman when he's not directed by Andrea Romano. It doesn't work for me. Like mm. he, like, I feel like she's there's something exactly, missing. She yeah, brings like, out the Batman. Yeah, like mm. in those DC animated series, but like and then the trend or animated films they put out to DVD. I, sometimes yeah. he's just like I, I am Batman still. When back then he had so much emotion. Mm. But uh, as it as things went forward, now you have shows like Steven Universe where every character is individually cast because you are being cast for their voice, yeah. not for the voices they can do. Yeah. And I feel like that is entirely born out of her career. I love just the random character actors that will show up on Batman playing villains or just incidental characters. Like mm. I remember I, I rewatched all this show about a decade ago and I was like, oh, this is this still holds up. And I was surprised. I'm like, that's Jeffrey Tambor just playing a dude. Like <laughs> yes, yeah. he, he wasn't a creep always, folks. Mark but, Hamill. Yes, Mark Hamill. Like they're the, like the reason mm. Mark Hamill's a huge voice actor. Like he did voices before this, but like him being the Joker and being incidental characters, including in this episode where he plays the horrible uh, uh, business guy. Yeah. Yeah. Spoil, yeah. And uh, uh, Tim Curry was almost a Joker. I'm glad yeah. Tim Curry fucking is awesome. Well, but what? man, Mark Hamill. Woo. Yeah, all right. Let's get into that story real quick. Then yeah. what happened was Mark Hamill's voice on this episode, Heart of Ice. It was just supposed to be a one-off, but at the same time, Alan Burnett, who was kind of at the top of the food chain, he didn't like the Tim Curry voice of the Joker. Andrea Romano actually said, "I wouldn't have fired Tim Curry." They always say it's too scary. That's yeah. usually the story they tell is that like kids couldn't have watched Tim Curry play the Joker. And so Mark Hamill, who is this mega dork, he tells the story of like, "Oh, I was reading Comic Book Buyer's Guide in 1991 <laughs> and heard they were making this the right way, and so I had to, I had to tell him, let me be in this." and they said once they heard his laugh as the Joker, which he said he pioneered while on Broadway in Amadeus. Wow. <laughs> he, they were like, it's the laugh. Did you play Salieri? No, he played Mozart. Oh, because Amadeus. And apparently at one point, Mark Hamill, I remember the story about him when I was a kid was that he had a warehouse full of comics. Oh, God. Like, him and Nick Cage were like, would like measure dicks with like their <laughs> their comic amazing. collections. So yeah, my, Hamill's a huge dork. But Andrea Romano, she cast a million great voices on it. There's so many shows after this, like say Gargoyles, which has an amazing cast. I feel like they wouldn't have had half as good a cast if they hadn't been opened up. Oh, like, David? Yeah. Keith. Gargoyles owns, but it is Disney's Batman the Animated yeah. Series, yeah. 100%. They're yeah. biting off this style real, real tough, which and, they would also sort of do with Darkwing Duck. That's, yeah. There's a lot of that in there, too. Mm. But uh, Kevin Conroy was a theatrical, or he was a theatrical actor. He had done the theater. That's why, too, they were casting somebody who, if you watched a ton of cartoons, you didn't hear his voice anywhere else because, like, no, I play Hamlet and mm-hmm. I see a lot of Hamlet and Batman, as he yeah. would say in interviews a million <laughs> but that he also understood Bruce Wayne and Batman have different voices and you play them differently. That's always his story. He's like at the audition, you know, he's he's being I'm Bruce Wayne. This is which he does a lot, a lot more prominently in the earlier episodes. He really oh, soft, sure. he softens Bruce up a lot and then turns into Batman. And he said when he did that, Andre Romano was like, "Whoa!" Like she got the papers, <laughs> and that was after they heard auditioned hundreds of people. They said, for "Yeah." That. Mm. And another person that I don't think gets enough credit on this show is Shirley Walker. I was hoping you get to her because uh, so the music in all throughout Batman is amazing. The music in this episode almost made me cry. Like mm-hmm. every villain has their <laughs> own theme, and they're all very beautiful, just like Tiny Toons and Animation 
Animaniacs. There's an original score by an orchestra for every episode. I really miss when Warner Brothers Animation, like, stupidly overspent. Oh, like, yeah. It adds so got, much. Could. Oh, once they got smart enough of, like, we could spend less on this. Yeah, we like, can can this and just pull the themes out yeah. from the library. But it adds so much texture. It makes it feel more cinematic that mm-hmm. this, this these are real scores being played over these, like, cartoon scenes. And the, the reason they got Shirley Walker is because, so they scored the opening of the show slash test animation to Danny Elfman's classic Batman theme. And they're like, well, we can't afford Danny Elfman every episode. No way. <laughs> and they found out that Shirley Walker, as they put it, helped with the Batman mm. soundtrack with Elfman, which I think tells me she wrote more of it than, <laughs> than they could legally say for ASCAP or whatever. They so, could have gotten Prince. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that that would have been tough for them to get mm. him to write more than five songs. Yeah. Right, I think. Speaking of the theme, I watched this on Amazon, which if you're looking to watch this show somewhere, they're all on Amazon Prime. I was just going to say this. Did you so that about how the theme is the Batman I, Superman hour? Yeah, I fucking theme? hate that. I do, which, but it's kind of cool the way it like weaves in and out of Superman and yeah, Batman. You can, yeah. I wasn't looking at it; I was just listening to it, it's and I was like, song. "Oh yeah, that's that's interesting. It's fine. It I, doesn't evolve enough." Yeah, I the, love like, two minutes. I love the first theme, but I think I like the second Adventures of Batman and Robin theme more. It's I'm it's inclined even to better. agree with you. Yeah. yeah, I like a lot. I remember when that change happened, and then later on the internet when people are nostalgically talking about this, people hated that change, mm. and I was like, "Why? It's so cool!" Like, and I remember one tactical realism dork being like you know if the, if the <laughs> scarecrow had that noose around his neck batman could just grab it and it's like what the, what are you what well, is the your scarecrow life? changed a lot from his first appearance he, yeah. he kind of has a q-tip head in his first he just, episode he's got yeah. a bag over his head it's david warner right yes yeah he's oh. got like a bag over his no, head no no he's... david warner is ray shall ghoul oh yes yeah. okay sorry which that is that is my ray shall ghoul too yes yeah. and it is Raish, not Raz. I, was say I don't that give too. a fuck what Christopher Nolan thinks. It's <laughs> Raish Al Ghul. That's how Dennis O'Neill, the creator of Raish, says it. Mm-hmm. So fuck you, Denny O'Neill, the guy who like set the template for Batman. Like mm-hmm. even before, like Miller was riffing on him. Yeah, no, and this show is so that you think it's influenced by you know Frank Miller, but it also big time the seventies Batman of Neil Adams, O'Neill and Neil Adams plus Stephen Englehart yeah. as well. Like tons, tons. Sorry, Sorry, this uh, this isn't always going to be a comic book show, but uh, Matthew and I are both big comic book dorks. Yeah, so we're big dorks. We should mention the the Fleischer Superman shorts as being an influence yeah, as absolutely, well. Absolutely, yeah. oh, big time. Yeah, especially that clean that line, Claire, which which is a French term about comic books. Uh, uh, that, that clean line. Go back look. to France. <laughs> Tintin. What's more of a Belgian expression? Mm. But uh, the, uh, uh, that clean line, like just about the it's about the movement. It's animation. Yeah, maybe once in a while, if you if you like, you know, it became a trend on the internet to pull out like smear frames. And be like, look, I'll say this looks, but like that exists because the animation should look amazing. Yeah, yeah. they spent money on movement. those snare frames. Yeah. <laughs> and well, and speaking of the animation, that is another key component to what's so great about Batman the Animated Series. It would have great animators in, you know, the LA offices of Warner Brothers Animation working on it. And actually, if you want to see an interesting thing about the production of Batman, the animated series, Paul Dini just did a autobiographical comic about when he was mugged while working on the show. Mm-hmm. Like Arlene Sorkin is in it. It also shows Paul Dini was going through some dark stuff then, which I think he channeled through most of the villains on episodes. Oh, for wrote. sure. And creating Zatanna. Yeah. Or, 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 or well, not creating her. Jerking but... off to Zatanna. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But 
but more importantly, on the animation side, thanks to the huge budgets, they had the best animation studios in Japan and Korea making this. And it this episode in particular. Yes, I will say having gone through all of this a uh, decade ago, there are some not so great studios and some, sure. sub, some subpar looking episodes, like yeah, especially yeah. Uh, Definitely. The Feet of Clay two-parter is one of my favorites. The part one looks like trash because part two is TMS. Yes. Doing <laughs> some of the best television animation ever aired on American TV. I showed that clip of uh, on, on my live show once that I did for a while in Philadelphia of the of him going crazy and switching back and forth mm. between his characters, which is animated by TMS. It is some of the greatest animation ever committed to celluloid. It yes. looks incredible, and it's because these people like really cared and, and I was like, put I, budget in it. I can't believe this is on like before Eek the Cat or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> there was no reason to overdo that. Like, while well, meanwhile, X-Men is being made while Haim Saban is just like, I will not pay an <laughs> extra cent to make this look better. In I don't fact, you all get fun. pay cuts. <laughs> you all yeah. get pay cuts. Haim Saban sucks. Canadians. But, but uh, the TMS was their top studio. This episode, Heart of Ice, was actually animated by a TMS offshoot called Spectrum, which a bunch of folks had quit TMS in Japan, which stands for Tokyo Movie Shinsha. They produce like a ton of stuff with Miyazaki before Ghibli. Pretty much every Lupin show is mm-hmm. that. They then got popped by Sega in the 2000s and they animated Sonic X. It was, oh, that was really? a TMS production. Wow. Yes. Wow. That show's Sonic X. Uh, <laughs> I watched one episode. I'm like, why is the main character this little dork named Chris? I watched a lot I of know, it. Right? <laughs> uh, but we should point out that TMS was working on American animation because of the failure of the Little Nemo movie. They needed mm-hmm. to recoup their losses. Mm-hmm. And that's why these brilliant, some of the best animators in Japan were making things for Tiny Toons, Animaniacs, mm-hmm. Batman, Disney. Like, it was a golden age for animation. And once they paid off that debt, unfortunately, that's when they, they right. kind of stopped doing it, or they became unaffordable. They're like, uh, <laughs> the Philippines will do that for you. <laughs> One of the last, I think, Batman TMS productions was the Return of the Joker Batman Beyond movie, which looks mm. incredible, too. For, for my money, that's the best Batman movie. And this episode Boy, is about Mask a, of the Phantasm is pretty con- close too. Yeah, that's okay. a controversial statement, yeah. but I I think that movie is incredibly watchable. It is oh, incredibly yeah. adult, and I think it's I think it's the best Mark Hamill Joker performance. Uh, the R-rated cut is the better oh, one. God, it's yeah. amazing. It's been a while, but I also really like Sub Zero, the yeah, second yeah, that Batman good. movie, a follow up to this, yeah, and yeah. another very emotional, super emotional Mister Freeze episode. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. this episode in particular, Heart of Ice, fourteenth in production, which is where you'll find it on Amazon Prime and on the discs of the DVD collections too because they're in production order but in air order this was the third wow so the show (laughs) was a blockbuster premiere it was they produced 65 fucking episodes at at once it was one of those Mm -hmm. straight to series order like that's also crazy like hey Bruce Tim and Eric Radomski you've never run a show before make 65 just go ahead here's here's millions of dollars i believe the first episode premiered on saturday and it was a catwoman episode because of batman returns that just came out that summer yeah batman returns it just came out so they started with part one of the cat and the claw where they face like the red claw who's just a real loser spy (laughs) villain it's a dumb spot it's not one of my favorites most of the two-parters are not that great i love the demon's quest though that's the best demon's quest the the first the two-faced one's pretty good yeah robin's reckoning's pretty good but not all of them yeah well and so then the next night on my 10th birthday september 6th 1992 <gasps> they air the first episode in production order on leather wings with man bat with man bat which they aired at night it was an 8 p.m premiere on sunday night and i think it's because there's a trickle of blood on batman's mouth in it they're like we can't show kids this <laughs> it's a very twilight zoney episode too yeah i think they're drawing a lot from the twilight zone as well yeah i think so and, and it's just a straight up horror episode then 
on the first day of the regular afternoon airings of Batman the Animated Series, which that title too, that was the gravitas of it. They're like, this is not Batman and Friends. This isn't (laughs) Batman the cartoon. It is Batman colon the animated series. It's kind of a little like fart smelly, honestly, but I love it. It's a series. (laughs) So yeah, September 7th, 1992, the first one in the regular time slot, they start off strong with Heart of Ice. That's amazing because when I, I don't know if we should spoil things ahead of time, but when I watched this episode, I walked away as a 10-year-old like you, Henry. <laughs> I walked away being like, all the rules of cartoons have been broken. And this a, a cartoon made me sad. I'm 10. Yes. This yeah. cartoon made me sad and I'm filled with emotion now. What do I do? Oh, Eek the Cat is on. Okay. Yes. But 25 years later, I got choked up like three times during this episode. It is, um, it is powerful. It's a powerful episode. Oh, yeah. Mighty powerful. It took me a while to really discover this show because I was, I was three when this episode aired. How dare you uh, be younger? You should I, feel bad about that. I was recently Sorry. three as well. Uh, and uh, I really didn't connect with the show until I was like a teenager, till like mm. long after it ended. Because I would watch it as a kid and be like, "This show's not as fun as Spider-Man on Fox because Spider-Man is dumb as hell, and yes. I can enjoy how dumb it is." But this one was very serious and very quiet. We'll talk. And that's also another thing talking about the music. Also, the lack of music in certain scenes where there are yeah. long stretches of silence, which was not allowed in cartoons. Mm-hmm. You cannot have just no noise happen. Yeah, it was hard to get some clips in this. So I was like, "Oh, it's just silent action here or mm-hmm. driving." Like in some scenes in this episode when like he's driving the Batmobile, there would have been in other cartoons a ton of exposition of like, Alfred, I'm going here to do this. And this is why, oh no, I'm losing control. And canned music is playing really loud. And Robin would be there too so they could have a conversation the entire way. But you're right. I I picked up on that again. Yeah, Jimmy Jillikers. (laughs) There's like like maybe a two minute scene of Batman investigating with no dialogue. And at this point in time, and I think still, networks are like, uh, there needs to be a sound effect every three seconds. We need to have someone screaming. Like there can be nothing but wall-to-wall sound because a kid will tune out they'll stop watching if they if it's silent Mm -hmm. and uh one last thing but to set up this episode is you have to understand that in 1992 mr freeze sucked no one liked him he was he was like the Eggman or something well so he was he actually was on the show uh, the batman 66 but when he first appeared in 1958 he was mr zero and he wore like green and purple and green and red christmas colors oh boy and uh, which somehow denoted ice his oh my god i never made that connection that's so stupid yeah and he did have the origin of i have to keep my body always at at freezing otherwise i will die but otherwise he was like and i gotta steal shit so i'm gonna steal stuff and he's just a crappy robber it was the 60s show so we had three guys that were going (sighs) yeah (laughs) the whole time Ooh, i'm so cold i'm acting so cold i don't want to feel like we're bashing that show I love the 60s Batman I mean, 66 show. It, is great. it knows what it is. And yeah. it, it embraces that completely. And comic books were much different then. Yeah. 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 And you can't make that show by accident. There, there's actually a great collection called the TV comics of Batman comics, which is <laughs> DC put together all the comics they took stories from for the 66 show, which is funny because they always pretend to like the 66 show betrayed Batman Spears. Like these were the comics they just <laughs> recreated. He was, he was a goofball in the 60s. So they changed the name to Mr freeze in the show and that followed in the comics as well victor freeze victor freeze and he'd always lucky he'd just been a joke he'd just been a joke he, he was actually had been killed off at the time this episode aired <laughs> in the comics and he was always seen as like just a crappy cold villain like every so many superheroes of elemental villains 
if the if you were going to say in 1991 who the best ice themed villain in DC was Captain Cold by a mile. Captain Cold's way cooler. Pardon the pun. <laughs> and he also Captain Cold's also got a chip on his shoulder about that. About Mr. Freeze yeah. is now the mm. coolest ice villain because he's like I used to be the coolest. And he also explains that like oh his gun just makes things cold. My mm. gun changes the molecular structure of your <laughs> body to freeze you. I love when he does that because that's like the writer usually Jeff Johns saying like this yeah. guy is definitely cooler than Mr. Freeze. Fuck you. For when like- I was a kid he sucked. <laughs> yeah. I don't read uh, superhero comics, but I'll say I like Doctor Ice. I'm sure. <laughs> He exists. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I also like uh, Johnny, uh, jo- Joe Chill. Joe Chill was also great. <laughs> Wait well. a minute. No. Uh, before we start, though, one last thing about just the series in general. I recommend a book. I don't know if it's still in print. It's called Batman Animated by Chip Kidd. It is a coffee table yes. book full Ooh. of all of the production information you ever wanted out of Batman the Animated Series with Ooh. plenty of uh, input by the writers and artists and voice actors. It's so good. I hope it's still in print. It came out in like 1998. Wow, I need to read this. Yeah. yeah, I have it's, it. It's beautiful. It's huge. Chip kid he is the best at that he's great any book he puts together like they made one about alex ross that was wonderful he made one about uh the bat manga the japanese batman comics oh that one i do have yeah, yeah I, that's awesome no i i will say on this too that the paul dini was the guy who made mr freeze matter and he's very important to paul dini like mr freeze appears in many paul dini comics the paul dini has written a lot of batman comics on top of producing television i think he goes to comics when he wants to just make something faster he's like i could be paid more to make this as a cartoon but <laughs> let's just make mad love now and in three years maybe they'll let us animate i was gonna it. say if it's too sexy to be a cartoon yeah so paul I think D- he also doesn't want to work with bruce tim i get that sense mm-hmm. i do get that sense now yeah they they kind of stopped working together at a certain point yeah. and it's it's unfortunate i think they both are best together kind of like stanley and jack kirby are both very good Separately, and I love their work separately, but they are the best together. They yeah. bring out the, but also they came to hate each other. Kirby's DC stuff's not as good as Marvel stuff for a reason. Yeah, and but Stanley. But I don't want to make assumptions about Tim or Dini. But I, it's it's something as a Batman anime series fan, and just as a DCAU fan, mm-hmm. I kind of wish. Bruce Tim didn't get so horny. I kinda... he's, a, he's a very Randy boy. Yeah, he's it's, Randy. I, I mean... remember buying one of his like art books and yes. reading it and being like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thirteen and being like, "What is it? Why do I? Why am I seeing characters from Evangelion naked? What is going on?" I remember. Well, I remember <laughs> reading the. Uh, re- I just reread it actually. One of the the Batman animated series comics that were coming out this time. They were not junk that just got shoved out on a license. Fantastic. The animators worked on it. They mm-hmm. did the holiday special if you were to read one i would say start with the holiday special Mm. because it is a bunch of short stories some of which which were adapted for the show and almost all are either written by paul dini or alan burnett drawn by either uh radomsky bruce tim or glenn murakami or yes yeah murakami yeah. yeah and it's just amazing but there is one in there the bruce tim one he draws which was a very funny segment in the new adventures of batman christmas episode where Harley and Ivy mind control Bruce Wayne and make yes. him buy stuff. Uh, that's it, better than Christmas with the Joker. That's the best yeah. Christmas Batman episode. Uh, it starts out with uh, Harley and Ivy hanging out in their apartment together They're and talking underwear. to each other in bed in their underwear. And <laughs> okay, I'm glad you got to draw your sexy <laughs> sleepover in this kid's book, Bruce Tim. And, and that's was, where that shipping between them two starts. Like yeah, the, yeah. the rela- people say they've been in a, a lesbian relationship, and it's also been like heavily implied. Like yeah. it's not just fans. I know doing in that. recent 
Harley books and Ivy books, Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor, the creators on that, mm-hmm. they've been very clear of like, these are two women in a relationship. Like yeah. they're not, they're not best of buddies. We're not joking about it anymore. These two have had relations. And the then end. he got the joke. Do you want to rev up your Harley mmm-hmm. into yes. a, a comic yeah, book in the I cartoon? Know. Have you seen the original art for that? Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> she's, uh, she's, yeah. She's laying like she's on a Harley. Mm-hmm. She's got her legs up and open yeah. as if she's leaning back on a Harley and they had to change it to her on her knees and just doing a little motion. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. still was quite sexual. Anyway. Yeah, very much. And she's going vroom vroom, bouncing up and down. Joker just pushes her off. Yeah, which I mean, we can. Get, I'm sure at some point we may re- revisit Batman again and talk about the Joker and Harley relationship, which is a loaded topic. Yeah, we will never do another episode of Batman. Never. Uh-huh. No. Good. <laughs> Throw it in the guard. We already did the best one. <laughs> okay, so yes, here we are. Sorry, Batman, sorry Bob. Heart of Ice. You broke my heart. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, sorry that we just talked about. Oh no, no, no! I learned so much. Yes, and, and uh, oh, but I, I one more thing. I'm so yes, sorry. Uh, no, no. Scott McCloud and Evan Dorkin were. Oh, on those comics as well that is right yeah and and also darwin cook the late darwin cook he was an animator for that batman series as well i didn't know this biggest of all on batman beyond that Mm -hmm. was really his show he really helped define its look he has said that his style which which is very animated and very stripped down as well but with little details in the inking usually he said it came out of him trying to get a job on these shows oh so he basically changed his style for that wow r.i.p darwin cook he was r.i.p i love that guy so much he was one he was like the perhaps the best just pure draftsman of his mm-hmm. age new in, frontier in, still might be my single favorite mainstream comic book We are both Vengeance and The Night. We are the What A Cartoon Podcast, and we thank you so much for listening to our first ever episode. Are you enjoying it so far? I hope so. And if you're really enjoying this and want to support us and the continued operation of that show, you can go to patreon.com slash talking simpsons. This is an offshoot of our Talking Simpsons podcast. And if you head over there, you can get access to next week's episode, A Week Early and Ad Free, and that's how it's going to be from now on, where you will not only get access to every episode of Talking Simpsons A Week Early and Ad Free, as well as a ton of other extras, but you will get access to every episode of What a Cartoon A Week Early and Ad Free. Right now, live on Patreon, is our second episode where we go through King of the Hills, Peggy's Headache from Season 3. It's a real fun one, and you can hear right now just for $5 a month and you'll get access to so many other awesome things including exclusive interviews with animation folks like Mike Scully, executive producer of The Simpsons from season 9 through 12, Ian Jones-Cordy, the creator of OKKO and an executive producer on Steven Universe and many more cool ones to come. So be sure to check that out at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. Sign up today and hear our second episode right now! All right, so this episode, Heart of Ice, it begins very differently from almost every other Batman because there's no title card. It is not a title card. It is text on screen and then goes straight into a a nice little one of many great soliloquies Mm. by Mr. Freeze. He's very theatrical. This is how I'll always remember you, (laughs) surrounded by winter, forever young. 
forever beautiful. Rest well, my love. The monster who took you from me will soon learn that revenge is a dish best served cold. Despite the obvious pun, the music, the dialogue, the acting, I still get goosebumps. It's so great. Yeah. And like we can't see it in front of us, but just the beautiful shot of Mr. Freeze. Like when Batman is revealed in the in the intro, Batman is a painting with eyes drawn on it. He is also a painting where they just animate the eyes and the mouth. It's very yeah. creepy. It's basically the title card there, that, yeah. that frozen shot of him, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> with, his, with his painted on mouth. So that voice there is Michael Ansara. The, he also has, uh, has passed away he died in 2013 mm. and he was one of the many great character actors they just cast on the show he was Syrian ancestry but he played Native Americans in a million different shows <laughs> in the 60s but if you're a mega nerd then you probably know him from Star Trek as Kang the Klingon I have a clip of him Whoa. here have any more of your men died we can't be killed there's an alien aboard it wants us alive <laughs> Boo! <laughs> wow, we just did Talking Futurama, and there's a glowing ball of light, yep. just like from that episode. <laughs> That's the episode, Day of the Dove, where a uh, omnipresent being gets on the ship and forces the humans and the Klingons to kill each other over and over again for sport. Hmm. That is Kirk saying, like, you fool, we're trapped in this forever. And he's like, then I'll hack you to bits. Like, <laughs> and uh, Sounds reasonable. Michael and Sarah played a Klingon, that same Klingon Kang, in that episode, Day of the Dove, then on Deep Space Nine in the 90s and in Voyager in the 2000s as well in a classic Voyager episode that was a flashback was an episode where Captain Janeway goes back to Captain Sulu's own ship and he is talking with Kang in the era before Next Gen hmm. so it's it's really interesting he is a guy who one of the very few actors who had appeared in multiple Star Trek series as the, as the same character Kang the Klingon and so perfect casting for Mr. Freeze I mean He's there's so lots of nerdy inclinations towards casting <laughs> I mean Roddy McDowell's in episodes just Oh, like, yeah. Uh, any big sci-fi. I mean, obviously, we talked about Mark Hamill. Like, yes. Yeah. There's like eight references to Empire Strikes Back. And there's two. <laughs> I was going to bring that up. I've got them both in my notes. But uh, another thing about the animation for Mr. Freeze in this, which they talk about on the commentary, is Spectrum, the animation studio, were perfectionists and airbrushed the helmet on Mr. Freeze in every frame it appeared in and Bruce Tim on the commentary says and that's why Spectrum shut down they were, they were a little too God. perfect yeah watching uh, it in HD not really but on an HD screen you can mm-hmm. tell it like it's pretty consistent very rarely does it ever pop outside of his outside of his helmet mm-hmm. totally yeah. but it's one of the we should explain why that's so difficult because that's not the same as doing a brush stroke when you're frosting something like that you're spraying something yeah. so having it move smoothly and not just freak out between frames is incredibly oh difficult yeah. I think someone took maybe 10 years off their life doing that for this yeah. episode <laughs> that's like when you see a cartoon and somebody's like if they're bald or something they have like a little window drawn on them it's like four squares that's how you denote that without doing the incredible work they did here they just draw like a circle and a line mm, that's that's like it, yeah but that's like Archie's like crosshatch in his hair to be like he has kinky hair that's yeah. the thing of Archie is that what that is I thought someone was playing tic-tac-toe on his face <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then we get some nice little exposition on a bunch of uh, crimes are happening in Gotham City who would have thought in the midst of the hottest August on record a rash of bizarre cold-related crimes have chilled Gotham to the bone. 
Once again, the target is a Gothcorp facility, attacked by an assailant wielding what witnesses called a freezing gun. The attacker's motives remain unclear. We spoke earlier with Gothcorp CEO Ferris Boyle, who mm. offered these comments. I don't know what this person has against Gothcorp, but we've always looked upon ourselves as the people company. If this man has a problem, we're willing to listen. A heartfelt plea from the chairman of Gothcorp, the people company. This is Summer Gleason for Gotham Insider. <laughs> so this is just flat exposition. It's mm. it's well done, but I will say the the WB difference is during this shot there are kids playing in the snow behind Summer, and then like a cop chases them away, and then they're throwing snowballs at the cop. All that animation is <laughs> going on in the background. This could have just been a, a still shot of her face with mm. just her lips moving, mm. and that could have done the job. But all this stuff is going on behind her, which no other show would do. I know they really. They, they had to give you a little more interesting stuff in the frame than just that. But I also like, from a storytelling perspective, the standard thing would be you start the episode with Mr. Freeze stealing something and then Batman fights him and gets defeated and that's their first meeting. Instead, they're like, Mr. Freeze has been doing this for weeks now. Yes. <laughs> He's almost done making his death ray. Yeah, there is a uh, one continuity note there. Goth Corp uh, would later be known as Hot Topic. <laughs> uh, also, that bat- half of Batman's job uh, is generally done by branding. Like, I'm mm. watching Hannibal now, and a lot of Hannibal is like, was this was this the, the Ripper, or was this the copycat? Who did this? Was this a new guy? Batman's like, oh, they're all cold things? All right, it's probably the same guy, mm. so I can probably find yeah. There's one cold oh, guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also, I think Batman has never looked better than when he is lit by his bat computer typing there like just the <laughs> it's a tough thing to say is batman's costume blue or black in these early episodes mm. because it's lit blue yeah but has black outlines on it mm-hmm. and but he's just so clicking those giant keys and showing <laughs> I, off that ray gun to, his, the, to the alfred love it. his keyboard has a hold button like, <laughs> a new button will generate based on his need <laughs> <laughs> and then also you get a setup of alfred being a jokester what a funny guy he is and and i also like the i looked at the first appearance of mr freeze mr zero and his cold ray in this looks rather similar actually Mm -hmm. i think they based on they based it on it is uh, intentionally i'm sure some of that is in there that that they're looking at those things Uh, also uh, while we're talking about mr freeze still the voice i feel like that voice is sort of a reference to an old-timey actor and i can't pin Mm. it it almost feels like he's doing like a max von sydow kind of like very Mm. solid like stoic like someone who played a villain in something but i my my note about his voice performance is when we hear him as victor freeze and when we hear him as Mr. Freeze, uh, which he loses his doctorate when he becomes a supervillain, which I, don't, I never understood that. Uh, but also that I feel like he's doing Doc Brown and Judge Doom. Like, those are the two modes he kind of has. I don't know if he's doing that purpose, but I huh. definitely feel that, and he looks like Judge Doom. Interesting. While reading about this episode, I did see that the actor wanted to play him much more robotically, and they like kind of had to fight him on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ansar uh, definitely had his own choices, but it, it worked out pretty well, yeah. I would say. And the animation, too, on the arrival of the Batmobile, when it is chasing Mr. Freeze, and, and the Batman's... I love that he's a detective immediately. He's like, well, yeah, if he's going to build this ray gun and he's one last thing and I know where that is, so I'm going there. Like that's, Mm -hmm. it explains that he is a detective. Batman is not just a dude who fights villains or just shows up and says corny things. On this show, he is the Dark Knight detective. Very much so. Which is a thing we have 
yet to get in the movies, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've yeah. never had a Detective Batman in the movies, but I mean... Well, you'll see him like shoot bullets into something like, this bullet's from uh, this place. I hate that part, where he, he puts the, back <laughs> together a finger uh, fingerprint, yep. which like, cops can't even do when a bullet like falls down. Like The fingerprints are very <laughs> fragile. Uh, but oh. speaking of movies, this did lead to uh, a Batman movie. They adapted yes. this episode in Batman and Robin Boo. with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I, know. I will you, say it is now a fun movie to watch because you go into it saying, this is going to be bad let's it's have fun, fun with being bad yeah, yeah. It's, it's super fun it super leans into it i i don't consider it a good movie in any way although i do consider batman forever to be incredibly watchable fun 90s action mm-hmm. i i think that is i think that hits a lot more actually pretty good parts they have their own value yeah. i do yeah. want to point out though that this uh this amazing chase scene boy i wish you could see it it's so great but uh <laughs> it is so anime i mean that in a complimentary way where <laughs> to 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 animate cars consistently moving smoothly is one thing. To animate them slipping on ice and drawing the reflections underneath the cars. Again, people kill themselves to make this episode. Yes. It is so gorgeous. It would be 3D models today, yeah. all the cars. They oh. also uh, talk a lot about when the Batmobile's leaving and it goes down that windy road. Mm. Like, they had to fight so hard to be like, you, the Batmobile doesn't bend. Like, a lot of animators would draw it kind of curved around. Like, it's a Bugs Bunny car. And they're like, no, 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 no. It's, it's a solid object. This is not that kind it's of car. It's a big cartoon. old hot dog, and you can't turn it. Yeah. Like, and, well, and speaking of the animation, too, the... In that car chase, when he ices the road like the ice, the way it just expands mm-hmm. and like paints the ground. I'm it's like, beautiful. Jesus Christ. So beautiful. It's Again, so thinking like, this was on TV 25 years ago. Dear Lord. Mm-hmm. No one would animate something like that on a TV budget now. Like, never. <laughs> you'd be happy to see one frame like that in, in any show you'd see on Cartoon Network. I mean, know? even the direct-to-Blu-ray or streaming movies look not as good as this. Those no. movies look awful. Yeah. yeah. They, uh, the they ones should look are, so much better. They're they look fucking good. flashy, man. The- yeah, they looked good for a while. Like, if you watch uh, the Batman one that's the Animatrix but Batman, like, mm. some, like they looked pretty good back then, but the ones that come yeah. out look like dog shit yeah. almost 100% of the time i didn't watch i've only seen like 20 minutes in clips of batman and harley oh my god woof that's it trying to be this show and it falls on its fucking face because they just don't have the money the budget whatever and they should have the money this is batman but this and i mean the the funniest bad animation in that movie is the double butt drawn on Highland yeah. Harley. It's like, well, we want to bend her over and show her with a butt, but we also need a butt crack. So her butt crack needs to go on top of her butt. It's like, like you're so horny for Harley, you drew this so shittily. Do you know those butts that are like double butts? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Bruce Tim. But they're also not well written or fun or good in any way. And they, they had a really good run. Like the Red Hood's a good one. Yeah. New, New Frontier is fantastic, to mention oh, that again. that's the best. Yeah, That's, that's the best one they produce. I even think I think the first one, the Superman Doomsday one, is like fun. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's actually, not great. yeah. No, they were figuring stuff out, but it was it was good. Yeah. Batman got Superman got to have a sleepover with Lois Lane in that one. <laughs> I uh, went with my dad to see the Killing Joke one in the theater. Woof! It's it, that was a that was a horrific. That was theatrical. in theaters. They show they now do that with almost like most a Fathom of event. Uh, yeah, it was okay. a Fathom event. They showed it like one time. They've done it with a bunch of them since they did it with Harley Quinn. They did it with the one that just came out, Gotham by Gaslight, which that's one of my favorite Batman stories. I'm terrified mm. to even look at that one. Uh, but the Killing Joke, which is already a story that has not aged well. No, I wouldn't return to it anyway. It's so much worse. Everything yeah. they add to it is is disgusting, and it's again trying to be edgy and cool like mm. this show, and it's just they they fail at it because yeah. you can't. It's not as edgy as Steven Universe. Like it's yeah. you're making well, it worse. And also Brian Azzarello. 
He's not very good at I, Batman stories, I would yeah. say. And in that one too was poisoned by Bruce Timm's horniness <laughs> mm-hmm. to put together. I'm sorry to attack Bruce Timm. This, he's <laughs> such a he's a genius. I love him, but he keeps shipping Barbara Gordon with Bruce Wayne. I'm just it's like, weird. I get it. You want to fuck Batgirl too? <laughs> like, calm <laughs> it the fuck down, dude. And, and this this episode is edgy, but in like a very classy and timeless yes. way. It's yeah. Not in a like, oh, this is shocking. In and the way vulgar. that like a character yells at another character, murderer. And I was yeah. like, wow, this Batman, Batman going, my god. He uh, yells that as he pulls, as he takes from a security guard. Uh, this is in the flashback for Victor Freeze. Do we have a clip of that? Uh, well, we'll yeah, get to we'll it. Get yeah. To, yeah. Okay. But, in in the flashback, he he takes a security guard's revolver, a that, very real looking gun, and calls someone. It calls his boss a murderer because he's trying to kill Nora. That shocked me. That scene, yeah. even now. Uh, so they've Batman catches up to Mr. Freeze as he's stealing stuff for his uh, nefarious deeds. And there is a classic Batman arrival of he grabs somebody off screen like, oh, the Batman. I, <laughs> I love that. And when Mr. Freeze meets Batman for the first time, I, I love all this dialogue here. Are you done? Oh, say. No! The Batman! Freeze! That's Mr. Freeze to you. (laughs) This is a personal vendetta. It doesn't concern you. It's my concern now. Since you ally yourself with my enemies, you leave me no choice. What I love about the dynamic of this scene and this relationship, especially for a 1992 superhero cartoon, Batman shows up. And Mr. Freeze is not like, Batman, I will defeat you, finally. He's just like, yeah. get get out of my way. This is my fucking business. <laughs> I don't care who yeah. you are. I'm not out to kill you. But if you're going to get in my way, I'll, I will stop you. Mm-hmm. I like that he's like, I'm not a villain. I have a mm-hmm. thing. But he's also kind of digging it where he's like, that's Mr. Freeze yeah. to you. That's such mm-hmm. a classic supervillain line that he's like, this is pretty cool. <laughs> he's, he's getting into it. Yeah. There's multiple moments in this episode where he says, like, I feel nothing. And then it's like, <laughs> you do feel stuff. You, yeah. This is the line. You're telling burying all his feelings, but I, I love when he freezes the legs of his henchman on accident, and oh. it just is like very callous. It's like he you fucked up, and I'm leaving. Goodbye. This, this whole yeah. sequence is great yeah. because one, you get to know him by name, Johnny. So you're feeling worse for this unnamed henchman. <laughs> you're just like, no, Johnny, no, and. I swear, if this if Paul Dini had written this scene in the comics, his legs would have shattered. Yeah, like, but you can't do that. That there there are lines they can't cross on this show. I just started rereading Gotham Central, which begins with Mister Freeze freezing and shattering a cop. These two cops go into a room. They think they're going to catch a lead on Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze is actually there. He makes one guy into just simply ice and then breaks him apart piece by piece in front of his partner. Like, see, this is what Gotham does mm-hmm. to you. They think they're they're not even looking for Freeze. They're just following a lead. Yeah, and they open right, the door yeah. and they're like, oh, fuck. And then yeah, it like, gets frozen. It's Gotham Central. Every issue is amazing. The, it's incredible. The omnibus is totally worth like the 50, 60 bucks it, it costs. Like mm-hmm. if you if you love Batman the Animated Series, read Gotham Central. Montoya is a ma- and Harvey Bullock, yeah. well he appears, but Montoya is a major character in it. She's another Deanie creation, yeah. I believe. Uh but uh, yes. Also a lesbian. The, yeah, uh, not on this show, but yeah, it's It's implied. The, we, that girl visits her. They know, they know <laughs> who. Uh but anyway, yes. Johnny getting frozen. I I just love this acting here. <laughs> Take it easy, man. 
I got you. Mm. Leave him. He should have been more careful. <laughs> now he's paid the price for his incompetence. Oof. But he's one of us. Then perhaps you'd like to share his fate. So for the first time while watching this, I think I noticed a very intentional thing they're doing here. The parallels between Batman and Mr. Freeze. They both have revenge-based agendas, mm -hmm. but Batman does it in a like a more morally correct way. So Freeze leaves the guy behind, Batman saves him. Mm -hmm. We'll see more of this later in the in the episode, but I, I feel like it's intentional. Like yeah. Batman sees a lot of himself in Mr. Freeze. Mm -hmm. A lot of episodes are about Batman would even say, I almost agree with you, but you're doing this wrong. And then the guy would say, like, well then we are enemies. Yes. Yeah. Or it's, it's how that's how many Batman episodes go, and this him breaking out of the ice too. I love that. It's really animation. beautiful. It's so great. And Batman is beaten the first time by Mister Freeze, but also it's it's classic Batman storytelling too. Of if he wanted Johnny to die, he could chase Mister Freeze and maybe catch him, but. Batman just cares too much. Yeah, Batman a, is not a killer. I don't care what Zack Snyder wants you to think. Batman doesn't kill people. It's a save the henchman moment. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and he, he likes this guy so much, he takes him back to the Batcave and saves his legs. Puts him in some goo. Puts him in a back-to-tank. Back, uh -huh. Yes, the first of two Empire Strikes Back's moments mm -hmm. in this is his back-to-tank. It's basically the thing that Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, survives being frozen in in Empire Strikes Back in the beginning of that from the other reference they make <laughs> yes exactly from the other one god damn it <laughs> and but this is also when we start to see some weakness in batman when he's uh thawing out the thug i must say you're showing a surprising amount of compassion for that man considering he would surely have left you to die in his place <laughs> on your belt you'd think there'd be one for tissues <laughs> he cares about master bruce quite yeah. a lot but i i just love all the the 50 sciencey shit in the bat uh, uh cave it's it is beautiful. anime af yeah it looks incredible yeah. Is. and i don't think in this next clip i don't think uh, you can't see it but the <laughs> animation i don't think batman has ever sneezed more beautifully it's a beautiful <laughs> sneeze he's pulling through the hot chemical bath did the trick <laughs> you could use a hot bath yourself. I can't worry about a cold now. After Batman drops our unconscious guest at police headquarters, <coughs> Bruce Wayne has got a meeting with Mr. Ferris Boyle. It's an interesting choice to tell Kevin Conroy as Batman to sound more sick and hoarse. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> like, true. I'm Batman. No, I'm Batman with a cold. I have a little cold here. It shows Batman is weaker in this, too, that he is like, he's dealing with some shit, but he's like, but I'm Batman. I can't. Batman doesn't have sick days. That's great to show. Like, speaking of Batman showing weakness, I feel like just a few years earlier, a superhero cartoon would not be able to have a superhero like have a cold throughout an episode. That's yeah. such an interesting little, little uh, wrinkle to throw in there. I doubt that would happen on Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Yeah, but, uh, which I was perfectly in general, Batman the Animated Series ruined me because in the 80s, I was so excited to watch Spider-Man and his amazing friends. I was like, <laughs> well, this is great. It's Spider-Man on my television. And mm -hmm. then once I watched the animated series of Batman, I was like, oh, this 
Spider-Man show sucks. This it, is not it ruined good. every superhero cartoon for me because I wanted them all to be as good as Batman. Yeah. yeah. Which even uh. the ones they made were usually not as good. Superman is great, but it's just not as good. Yeah. It just, it just has, it's missing something. It's missing something. It doesn't have as many great episodes, and I feel mm. like they I feel like they don't have confidence in Superman as much as they yeah. should. Where they, they really underpower him, yeah. and that stinks. That's a real shame because Superman, the whole thing is that like, oh, you can't write Superman because he's too strong. It's like, well, if you're a good writer, you figure out a way that, yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't, he either fights a guy who's stronger than him, which there are plenty of those in the DC universe, or he has other ways of saving and dealing with people. Mm-hmm. Like, well, he doesn't just beat everyone up. When they were making ba- Superman the Animated Series, they were also stuck in a crappy time of post-crisis Superman, where they yeah. they were having to deal with, like, no, this kind of has to be John Burns, Krypton, and Superman can't travel through time because he flies so fast. Like, he can't lift a planet. Superman should struggle with a plane. And it's like, mm-hmm. boy, it's it, they, that's why they had to keep powering up superman as the series went on and even more so in justice league superman show got better once they finally were like fuck it it's kirby fourth world that this yeah. is what this show is now they lean into that so hard which also mm. that's one of the many things just like this episode just like some of these stories over the timverse or daniverse whatever you mm. call it take forever whereas mr freeze returns in batman beyond mm. uh the scene the opening scene of on leather wings where you see man bat's shadow flying mm. that scene is mirrored in the episode set way in the future yeah, in Justice League. Their original, what they thought was the last episode of Justice League, which they called Epilogue. It's it's a very good episode, but uh, uh, Bob, you were mentioning to us before this episode that uh, the evils of capitalism is this right? yes it's a very common theme so again i'm a leftist so i'm i might be seeing this my my marxist reading of batman the animated series <laughs> by the way i could probably write a, like a thesis on this and get Hell my phd yeah. but um i noticed upon seeing this mr freeze episode again like oh there are so many villains that are created by ruthless capitalism and awful ceos and i was thinking of course about the the riddler episode the first riddler episode mm-hmm. where batman has to help a bad rich person because <laughs> someone is rightfully trying to get revenge on him and that episode ends with that person will never be safe again and Batman's kind of cool with it like you what should be afraid for your life night's yeah. sleep. that episode's called if you're so smart why aren't you rich yes it's beautiful yeah. and, and that uh. the Riddler is a pissed off game developer who got his his game stolen from him I he it's a much more it's a snotty Riddler but it's not Frank Gorshin's <laughs> yes it's a more put together Riddler and also Clayface is the victim of ruthless capitalism with yeah. that like goop he puts on his face uh, the Joker's casino episode he is brought up he he destroys the casino because a rich guy wanted him to show up and steal it (laughs) there's also one of my favorite new season episodes of batman was joker's millions which was based on a comic story as well Mm. where the joker inherits a ton of money and he then becomes a rich asshole who hires johnny cochran actually (laughs) to get let him get away with it all of his crimes and then he finds out he actually has less money than he thought and has now spent himself into debt but he can't admit it because then he'd have to admit that the Joker got tricked by somebody. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how the Mad Hatter became the Mad Hatter. I, I know his girl oh, left got, him. Uh, yeah, he he definitely uh, was a sad man obsessed with a girl in his office. But a girl also, named Alice. Yeah, and also he got fucked over by a businessman too. Yes, yeah. it's, it's a very touching episode that makes you sympathize with a creep. Yeah, <laughs> and there was Mercury in the hats, and it made him crazy. <laughs> yes, yeah. But so here we get to meet Ferris Boyle, the first uh, Mark Hamill voice on this. He's the worst. Maybe it's an investor who lost money. (coughs) Or an angry ex-employee. There's only one man who'd hate Goth Corp that much. If you were alive. Who? One of our scientists. A 
an obsessed wacko. He was caught using company equipment for personal reasons. I had to send my security men in. There was a fight, an explosion. We lost him. <coughs> what was he doing? Wasting company money. Mm. My money. Look, Bruce, that people company line is great PR, but when the wage slaves start acting like they own the place, it's time to pull the plug. Know what I mean? Oh. Sir, the humanitarian committee is here. <laughs> I'll be right out. We're hosting a ceremony tonight for Gotham's Humanitarian Industrialist of the Year. Guess who's winning? I feel ill. Ooh. Hmm? <laughs> Excuse me, Ferris. My cold. <laughs> Congratulations on your award. I'm sure it's well deserved. Oh boy, <laughs> Kitty's got claws. <laughs> I wonder if Boyle is even smart enough to know that sarcasm. I just probably not. I love that scene because Boyle is being an extra asshole because, like, well, yeah, you're rich. We're both two rich guys talking about this. We we <laughs> hate people and steal from them. That's <laughs> what rich people. Speaking do. of parallels, we'll, we will see later in a later scene that like Ferris Boyle is like the malevolent billionaire to Bruce's benevolent billionaire. We mm. see how he treats his workers, and then later Bruce treats one of his workers very nicely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That. Bruce Wayne is the good capitalist in all this. It's hard. That doesn't ever exist. <laughs> yeah, that's why he's made up. He's the good capitalist who helps people and that's uses his superpower. It, I've heard it made fun of many times. Of like, well, what's Batman? Well, he's a rich guy who beats up poor people. That's that's <laughs> what Batman is. But mentally ill poor people. <laughs> that's why you need scenes like this to get more on Batman's side. If he's just like. No, you feel maybe you think I'm an out of touch playboy. I'm actually I hate this rich guy too, and I think you should suffer. Like he he agrees in theory with the aims of with the aims of Victor Free. Yeah, Bruce Wayne could easily be one of the idle rich just going to parties and being an asshole, but he's like devoted his life to a good cause. If his parents weren't murdered in front of him, he would be Ferris Boyle. Like yeah. that's that's the risk. Whenever he meets a rich asshole, that's like Oh yeah, that's Bruce, and and it's also something I love about that they really got on the animated series, which has been copied by many other future Batman works, including the very recent Telltale Batman games. There are things Bruce Wayne can do that Batman cannot, and that includes investigations like this. Batman could have just crashed into Ferris Boyle's home and be like, "Tell me what happened," but yeah, Bruce Wayne has the softer touch and gets him to admit the same shit. And, mm, it's very clever, yeah, yeah, and it's great in. Uh, the Telltale Batman games as well. Like you get to play scenes as Bruce and feel a lot more nervous than if you were Batman. Of just like, well, I'm Batman. I'm going to punch this guy till he gives me what yeah. I want because I'm Batman in a video. And he game. tortures people. It's what yeah. Batman does. Yeah, yeah, Batman. Batman doesn't kill, but he will. He will concuss you into a coma and break both your legs and you will never walk the same again or hold you off the edge of a building and mm-hmm. tell you like tell me you know the yeah, answers or whatever but he doesn't kill you no <laughs> uh, if you ask me ferris boyle needs a day off oh no. <laughs> mr freeze is ready to give him a day off permanently oh boy more theatrical uh, speeches and i want to say that these unwarranted attacks against goth corp have in no way changed our personal commitment to the community Inspirational words from Gotham's Humanitarian Industrialist of the Year. Humanity. (laughs) Compassion. Charity. Where were those pretty words when she needed to hear them? Master, the cannon must be completed tonight. I have my own warm wishes to bestow on Mr. (laughs) Boyle. And that hideout of Mr. Freeze was ripped off completely for Batman and Robin, except... 
they missed the entire point of it. He's like, oh, yeah, Mr. Freeze's hideout should be in a freezer and everybody has to wear parkas. And, Sing Christmas songs. Yeah, and then they have to watch cartoons. Like, no, Mr. Freeze isn't making people watch cartoons and sing songs. Like I that. think, uh, I mean, I can appreciate Batman and Robin now as a fun, bad movie. But at the time, I was like, they ruined this really, like, emotional character by yeah. making him ridiculous. By making him ridiculous, but then still trying to have scenes later of, like, I miss my dead wife. Yeah. Like, no, no. And then you find out that he got paid 20 $25 million for like 12 minutes. <laughs> I know. Hey, if you get good money, if you can get it, that's what I say. Then they go back to the Batcave where like his keyboard has never looked more gigantic. Oh, Those God. buttons are monstrous. And then we get what at first seems like a cute line, but is actually stealthily Chekhov's chicken soup <laughs> on the shelf. I remembered this headline from last year. Does it say what caused the accident? No. And I suspect that's the reason for the cover-up. I won't know for sure until I check Gothcorp's classified files. <coughs> if you're going to go sneaking around a crowded office building, you'll need this. <laughs> Knockout gas. Chicken soup. The only way to fight a cold. Mm, very, very cute. And <laughs> but, uh, right. Bump. It is foreshadowing. Yeah, it's foreshadowing. But Alfred has done so many cute asides in this episode that you're just like, eh, that's a funny joke. It is not obvious that they are setting up a tool that will save the day in the end. I also, I just had to laugh at Batman looking at microfiche. That's like, <laughs> just so silly. That's the thing with the technology in the show is like, they, their original idea was always black and white monitors, which they mm. go back a couple times usually to trick you. They broke like, it uh, in this very episode. Yeah. yeah. I think they say that in the commentary as well. Mm. I think they so, say like, we hate that we had to do that, but it was for a reveal. Yeah. Uh, and you know, there's a lot of like they show the engine of the car it looks like a 50s engine there's a lot of weird old stuff but they've also got like very small portable cameras that are bigger than at the time but still more portable than they should have been and stuff like that yeah and also the i mean the back computer is it's big and boxy but it's definitely they didn't have computers in 1955 in the actual noirs they're referencing they get to play around a lot with it i also when batman arrives at goth corp to steal the information i love him in disguise and especially, you can actually hear it in this clip, the the satisfied walk away <laughs> by the other guard. That's great. Huh? Mr. Boyle sent me to fill in. Enjoy yourself at the party with his compliments. Hey, great. <laughs> you okay? I'm fine. Take off. <laughs> That's great. As I was saying earlier, uh, before Boyle was like, these wage slaves, I, I hate them. And then Batman's like, you get to go to a party. Yeah. I will hang out here. Batman could have thrown knockout gas at him. He could have beat him up. He's like, a eh, security guard, I'll knock him out. And so he's like, hey, take the night off, man. It's on me. And I feel like that is intentional to say, like, Batman is the good billionaire to the evil billionaire. Yeah. Yeah, don't knock out that guy that's going to pay three bucks an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Let him go to a party. And just, I like also that's the explanation of why he didn't think think about a good security guard has said why is the security guard i've never met before telling me to leave <laughs> oh well but instead he's like screw this nah, free night for me do, do, <laughs> yeah, do, do. Here. it's so beautiful and i would say if i was ferris Poyle's lawyer i would have told him destroy any evidence you have don't put it in a file especially one that it's at least manslaughter he why would you at least these. keep the tape i mean yeah. <laughs> it's a literal smoking gun do we want to hear that yeah so this is how freeze got froze my name is dr victor freeze I am recording what I pray will be mankind's first step toward immortality. Behind me you see the CC-100, a cryogenic freezing chamber of my own design. I created it for the express purpose of freezing subjects stricken with inoperable ailments. Subjects like my own beloved wife, Nora. Mm. Once a remedy has been found... Mm. Open this door! I like 
one how they animate it they they try their most to be like oh no this is this is a camera like this is a security camera just cut together it's like boy there were like 17 security cameras <laughs> they, in that room i remember the commentary it's been a decade i remember like bruce timmer eric Adamski saying apparently he was shooting coverage in his yes, lab <laughs> i know yeah but you just kind of shrug like look yeah. it works for dramatic effect and, and it would be boring if it was just one stock shot for one like camera angle for two minutes or however long the scene takes and this whole thing with nora and his wife it's it follows the old comic book saying of like well what made somebody a villain one bad day and this is all victor freeze is is a doctor who loves his wife and wants her to not die nora 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 he wants nora to not die that's it that's all he wants Mm -hmm. and people getting in the way of that is what turns him evil and or at least puts him on his path and you think about that too of like we all love people and would we're like well what would i do if this person was threatened especially by a gormless capitalist who's mm. just like i own everything here fuck you i will like, personally kill your wife yeah <laughs> you cost me three million dollars this is my money <laughs> and uh though i should spoil things nora is not dead they as they would find out in the sub-zero movie uh her body was still alive and they actually got her out and mm. she she lived though then mr freeze would end up being just ahead and could not be with her but that was uh sub-zero is a great follow-up to this especially because it's the last thing they ever animated in this style right and there's only one other mr freeze episode right um uh, solo mr freeze yeah yeah uh, because they pretty much just tell like this that, is the story there's really nothing more to do and it would be kind of like it would just it would destroy his character if he was just like a, a scheming villain after this mm, or if he showed up if he teamed up with like mad hatter he's like no yeah why, why would he and then he's a head on robot spider legs yeah and in, in batman beyond he is one of the few villains who returned in the batman beyond series they mostly just made him new villains but he was one of the few him Raish, and joker i think are the only three mm-hmm. that got full-on return episodes they make up the they made that show specifically because like we need a teen batman so we can make toys out of it and bruce yep. sims like fine i'll make the least toyetic show ever and yes. it did like there are not that many toys from that show no and i love i love that show it was made it holds uh, up real well it was made under like terrible situation and they mm-hmm. it's also it's what if spider-man was coached by batman that's yeah. the show and i fucking love it because spider-man like is my favorite hero like he's he's my favorite superhero so having terry mcginnis basically be peter parker can i go on this date I, I, <laughs> i'm gonna miss the school prom because i have to be batman Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic yes. show. It's a Boy Meets World episode. <laughs> it is. It's well, all, also full of horrifying, scary things like killing the Fantastic Four. Mm. A lot of body horror on that show, yeah. for sure. And and the deaf guy, who uh, the sound guy who then deafens himself. And, yeah. And Ink, just fucking, I love Ink, like his animation. Mm-hmm. Back to the show, the video, things take a real turn after the arrival of Ferris Boyle. I'm already three million in debt, thanks to you. You can't stop it now. My wife is in there. So bring her out. You can't interrupt the process now! Open it. It's her only chance! This is my equipment! Mine! I have every legal right to use it or not use it as I see fit. I say this project ends now! No! Stay away from her! Murder! Peter, I'm sorry. I lost my temper. It doesn't have to come to this. We can talk. Oh! What a dick. Get out! Get out! Nora! Nora! My God. (laughs) Yes. It 
would move me to tears if I still had tears to shed. Mm. Love that sound. Yes. So this early in the series, I think they're getting away with things they could not do later, like having a character point a realistic handgun at another character. Yeah, their, their cover on the commentary is, well, it's an ice gun. Billy can't pull an ice gun out of his dad's closet. But in the security footage, he steals a real gun. He does. your yes. dad could have yeah, and points true. it at a man. Yeah. It could be yeah. in the back of your dad's closet. Yes. Mm, yeah. But um, I think even with the freeze gun, they were not allowed to have a gun pointing at, at the TV screen, which is a weird rule. Like, yeah. That's interesting. W- like, why? You I, learn a lot of scary, S&P rules through this. I mean, they also had the rule of, like, Catwoman falls, she can either land on her butt or chest. Like, she... And, yeah. and Batman cannot get... Have in contact a punch landing it's also why though well they kind of break that in this episode but only because it does nothing to mr freeze but great sound effect yeah. when, he, when he pops him on the dome it goes <laughs> like dunk it's it, such a good sound but if you can recall any fight scene from say batman the animated series or superman when a punch lands, there's a flash a of big white. white flash. That's one of the things in the edited version of Return of the Joker. Mm. There are a bunch of flashes. The unedited, they take them all out. Mm. He clocks dudes. Yeah. He does a behind-the-back uh, punch to a guy. We don't mm. see the punch. We see his fist up in the air and the guy falling down. Yeah. So I think the action of the punch cannot be shown, but like the result can be shown, or like a shadow yeah. can be shown. They, they talk about that in the oral history article I read, too, that they said, well, okay, you can show guns, but we got rules. You can't really have Batman punch, but you can suggest it. And Paul Dini was like, oh, okay here's a scene you're going to hear a guy scream in an alleyway and then fall down after batman jumps on him but it's not on screen and they're like i guess you got around <laughs> us here but this actually made me imagine something way worse and yeah i think eventually they weren't allowed to show broken glass and there's plenty of broken glass in this episode i will say yeah. it's a kid show on a kid network i get it somebody there has to be somebody to say kids shouldn't see this i don't want to say like these evil censors ruining my batman cartoons but them having to work under the censor conditions was great they also tell a story on another one about how they would when they would submit a script to standards and practices they would front load it with shit that they thought this will never be animated so then when they cut this out the things they did want animated seemed a lot more tame that's the oldest trick in the book yeah and i love it (laughs) they also mentioned on the first harley and ivy episode they got away with joker saying aren't you a busy little beaver Mm. and they (laughs) they were just like no we got to cut it ourselves Mm. if they they're gonna get mad after this airs. <laughs> yeah, I think, I don't know if I said it before on this episode, but the uh, Batman going, my God, was cut out of uh, reruns on other networks. Like, oh. they, like saying, Kids WB. Like Kids WB or cartoon like, Network. yeah, those. And, and in fact, like saying God on a cartoon, that was kind of shocking in 1992. Uh, yeah, Implying a character could die or be murdered or say the word kill. Like these are all big things for a cartoon of this era. Send the next dimension. Yeah, that's right. Well, meanwhile, kids should be learning about God from Batman. That's why they were in so much trouble in our schools. Not enough prayer. They're that's okay. why I love Bible Man. <laughs> I can see their parachutes. <laughs> so I love that the first and third act open with snow, and it is Batman coming to to see the snow and gets quite a soliloquy from Mr. Freeze as they as they establish all the rest of the information about yeah, him. Yeah, this is mm. one of three choke up Bob Mackie moments. <laughs> the snow is beautiful, don't you think? Clean, uncompromising, and cold. Like the swift hand of vengeance. I saw what happened to your wife. I'm sorry. I'm beyond emotions. (laughs) They've been frozen dead in me. So yeah, like Batman 
he gets revenge. Yeah. He's on board with revenge, but not the way he's doing it. And it's then you hear the like, uh, I'm technically dead inside. But it's like, no, I'm just burying my emotions because yeah. of this horrible thing that's happened to me. Yeah, he can't. He just can't deal with it. And that, but Batman also has to say things like, oh, so that's why you have to be an absolute zero. And it's it's lame exposition that made better by Mister Freeze saying like a detective to the last. Yeah, it's and just his his speech is like snow is beautiful. It's like, oh man, we got a monologue here. For this, <laughs> this guy's like, I feel nothing now a speech about snow like a spotlight should switch on whenever he starts talking like chunk <laughs> and it's too hot and he's like yeah. no that's no. a that's i a said great no tit. spotlights that's a great tete-a-tete like back and forth where like they one up each other yeah like yeah. three or four lines in a row and then batman has to finally be like i know what happened to your wife and batman yes, like yeah. apologizing on behalf of uh, Boyle. it's like yeah, that like, was a powerful moment for capital, me late stage capitalism what do you want <laughs> it was it was wrong what happened to you i recognize your feelings i am batman mm-hmm. and and also the line uh the the line about like i'd kill for that tonight i mean to pay back the man who ruined my life our lives even if you have to kill everyone in the building to do it Think of it, Batman. To never again walk on a summer's day with a hot wind in your face and a warm hand to hold. Oh, yes. I'd kill for that. That is saying... How is he so angry? Well, imagine if you would never feel warm ever again. Yeah. Mm. And just the moral complexity of Batman and Mr. Freeze. Again, this sounds ridiculous now, me (laughs) saying this. But in 1992, having a hero show up and be like, I understand why you're upset. Like, and I'm sorry what happened to you. That was, like, unheard of. Yeah. It would have been like, I'll stop you, Mr. Freeze, even in, like, in, 10 like, years ago. Even in grown-up shows. Yeah. The, the, the Flash show, the one that had Mark Hamill on it, like, that show didn't have this kind of stuff in it. No way. Moral complexity was boring. You yeah. Know? Kids want to see action. Not but... until Smallville did we get a great adult <laughs> <laughs> comic book yeah, show. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> uh, but Mr. Mr. Freeze, though, is a very inexperienced Batman villain. He does know to take away his utility belt, which... Uh, Batman the Animated Series is death trap rule number one. Take yeah. away that utility belt. Like, it happens every time, almost. But, well, time to leave him. Like, I'll leave you to die, Bat. Well, actually, I think he doesn't want to kill Batman. He's like, look, I'm just leaving you here. Maybe freeze to death. Maybe you don't. I yeah, got plans, it's like, though. just stop getting in the way. Yeah. Though Batman frees himself, like, I f- he does it so soon as they leave. I wish they had inserted a scene to show time lapse, because otherwise it's like, one henchman should have turned around and been like, hey, Batman's swinging around there. He's about to meet him, Mr. Mr. Freeze. Yeah, after Freeze leaves, Batman's like, well, it's time for me to go. (laughs) What's he doing? Crunches? No, he keeps healthy. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, he's out. (laughs) We gotta get him. (laughs) He's doing some great, like, upper body stuff, man. He's he's working out his core. Yeah. Uh, So this next clip of the arrival of Mr. Freeze with his death ray, I only got it because this is a lesson they learned after the first season. Kevin Conroy should not do incidental voices. It's weird. You're totally right. Yeah. Yeah. Keys? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the valet wants the park car. And one of the like the, no. the, the three jokes in this entire episode. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not my favorite, but it's something they did in multiple season one episodes of it is a it is a money saver because I believe I heard this on one of these Superman animated series episodes that rules wise in their contracts, they could get you to do one main voice and up to two incidental voices. So if it was just a one off line, they're like, Well, I mean, we still have Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. I mean, just have him say this line <laughs> or who or the voice voice of brainiac so they they do that kind of stuff in in the first seasons but i think they realize in the very least when it's your lead character of batman his voice is so recognizable it's just distracting like why is this why does this valet sound like bruce is that bruce in disguise (laughs) (laughs) uh but no batman is at his lowest i just love that like batman doesn't get time to cough he's like my legs are still kind of frozen (laughs) (laughs) ah shit and he has to get back in action that's that is a hero man Mm -hmm. and this viewing too was the first time i realized Batman throws that icicle to stop the machine because he has no batarangs because he doesn't have his belt. That's right. They have his belt on the machine, the yes. giant cannon. So Freeze's plan is he's going to freeze the entire building to kill Boyle. I thought he would be a little more direct than that. He hates the one guy. Yeah, but he's killing but, everyone yeah, in that building. Like, humanity failed me. Fuck them all. Yeah, he's, he's, he's gone to ridiculous supervillainy at this point from regular old villainy. And yeah. when Batman stops it, his arrival is great. I love a great Batman descending shot. It's beautiful. Just the bad symbol coming at you yes though one mistake in this episode oh, no. there are like three frames of an inverted bat symbol after he lands uh. after he stops the machine he turns like that was almost that you get that about once an episode in super friends you didn't get it that much in this show <laughs> but they recently did a uh, teen titans go episode that was animated like a filmation like oh, a super really? friends cartoon <laughs> and they, they fill it full of that stuff oh that's beautiful characters like legs walk away without them and those jokes uh, so many people are, are colored wrong well also i like the animation though speaking of good animation the animation of mr freeze propelling himself into the building off of freezing yes. the hydrant is great i like how matter of fact he's just like well here we go kick this yeah. open stick my gun in and we're done i am not giving up yeah Whoop. And Batman gets back his he gets back his belt because he will need it for the next scene. But Mister Freeze arrives just as uh, Ferris Boyle was getting his humanitarian award. The cold eyes of vengeance are upon you, Boyle. Who, who are you? Come now, surely you remember your old colleague, Victor Freeze. No. I see my Nora behind the glass, begging to me with frozen eyes. How I've longed to see that look frozen on you. Awesome. Again, he's so melodramatic and theatrical, but he's not ridiculous. I I love him so much. He's just been thinking of this day forever when he's finally going to murder Barris Boyle. I love any sentence that starts off with, in my nightmares. In my, you beg. It's beautiful. And this was something, too, that really wasn't in the comic books. Mr. Freeze is not physically Batman's equal in those because, again, he's a guy in a red and green suit. He's a loser. Mm -hmm. But in, in this, no, he's pretty much a cyborg and stronger than and stronger than batman he's batman, got an iron man suit on 
Batman physically can't do shit to him. Mm-hmm. It's it's great. And then he's like, this is three times. But he's not a fighter. Batman fights better than him. But then eventually he's like, well, I caught your foot. Like, you kicked me again. I'm going to just grab it. He's more of a brick hit house. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but then house. Batman then saves the day in honestly kind of a corny comic book way. But I like it. I like <laughs> Are you talking about the soup? Yes. And the soup is still hot. <laughs> that somehow collapsed in his... His his thermos full of soup fits in his utility belt. I think it's tied to the back. Sure. <laughs> That's a good thermos, though. Mm-hmm. Sooner or later, all who stand in my way must feel the icy touch of death. Man, that labored breathing is painful. Yeah, it's like, his wheezing is beautiful. As Mister Freeze would learn in later appearances, like I should have a tougher helmet. This helmet, <laughs> this is my one weakness. I should probably make it. Tougher. Maybe it'll make the whole thing glass. Yes. Yeah. yeah. In one of the comics, Batman straight up tries to blow up his helmet, and Mister Freeze is like, "I have a diamond helmet." Now. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted I, to look cool. Yeah. And this this Mister Freeze is also very present in the Arkham games as well, because the Arkham games are a real takeoff. Oh of yeah. His, and that's why I love them. It's the grown up, more grown up version. And Dini mm-hmm. also worked on those. And one of my, the best parts of all of the Arkham trilogy, well, quadrilogy, sort of, but of the, of the games, my favorite is the Mr. Freeze fight because you can beat him like you have to hit him three times. And you have like twenty different ways you can do it. It's a very Metal like, Gear. Yeah, boss it's yeah, he's like walking in circles, mm-hmm. walking around that room, right? And yeah, like and giving speeches and like this too. Except it's not Michael Ansara because he was. I mean, he was alive, but uh, he was he's pretty much retired by that point. Yeah. Batman still does right by Freeze, even though he won't let him murder Ferris <laughs> Boyle. No justice. A year ago, Ferris Boyle interrupted an experiment and in the process destroyed two lives. Here's the evidence. Good night, humanitarian. (laughs) Boom. Again, the moral complexity of this quote-unquote kid show where it's yeah. like Batman's like, I defeated the villain, but I'm going to help him because yeah. I understand good revenge. This is <laughs> justice and things being done right, not murder out of personal vendetta. And he, and he helps him, and that also shows why Batman is not to- torn apart in the same way as Freeze is, too. Mm-hmm. I would like to think Ferris paid his dues and went to jail for that, but I would also think he probably tied it up in the courts for a long time. <laughs> he settled out of court. Yeah, he settled well, out of court. While recovering from his waist down freezer burn (laughs) (laughs) this will never work again i'm guessing batman had to throw him in the back to tank after that come with me first then we'll arrest you yes i would hope his dick never worked again at least that's that's exactly what i was thinking not to get too crude when (laughs) freezer's really laying it on on his crotch (laughs) for like 30 seconds it's pointing right at his dick so then stop it we get one more scene that also was straight up ripped off for batman and robin but done way better on this Batman has built a special cold room in Arkham Asylum, and as as happens in so many episodes, we end with our villain there. This fucking kills me. <laughs> I failed you. I wish there were another way for me to say it. I cannot 
I can only beg your forgiveness and pray you hear me somehow, some place, some place where a warm hand waits for mine. It closes like it opens. Yeah. But then the Nora's theme, if that's what that song is, it eventually come, like turns into like a more triumphant Batman-y thing when you see Batman, mm. who's still like kind of looking out for Mr. Freeze. Like, they're having a moment. That's mm-hmm. original instrumentation there, yeah. too. It's it's so perfect. And yeah, there's, there's so many Batman episodes, and it's Batman looking down on someone crazier than he is. Yes. Like that's I was like, I got to look at this guy. Oh, and it just lets you know Batman is triumphant. Good one. But is it truly a happy ending? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a broken man, and this guy is way more broken than I am. <laughs> yes. But this ending, like I, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, uh, it floored me as a, as a child. I don't think I was crying or anything like mm. I, as I do as a grown man. <laughs> but I was just like, oh, my God. This episode could have ended with uh, Batman and Alfred going, you know, Alfred, that chicken soup really did the trick. <laughs> or, <laughs> or, the soul. Yes. Or, or a speech like, Freeze learned one thing, that vengeance must be replaced with justice. Dun, 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 dun. No, we end with a man crying over his dead wife. Mm-hmm. At the end of a kid's cartoon. Crying snowy tears. Yes, it still blows my mind, and it still got me choked up. Even hearing the audio, it's so, it's yeah. so well done. Yeah, such a great episode. I'm glad we did this as our first one on What a Cartoon. Oh yeah, I, I love Batman so much, and this is—I wouldn't call it exactly my all-time favorite Batman animated series episode, but it—it it maybe is the best. It's the first one I would show anybody oh, who hasn't seen BTS. Definitely, before. it's the most solid piece. Like mm-hmm. if you're showing it to someone, someone's like, "What's the big deal with this show?" Like if you play this episode, they're like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> I get it." So thank you for listening to what a cartoon, and I can remind you again: this is the first episode, and the rest will be free. But if you go to Patreon.com/slash Talking Simpsons. We have the second episode waiting there for you right now, and it's about a King of the Hill episode. Woo! So we're jumping all around. We're doing all kinds of stuff. We're doing anime. We're doing all kinds of cartoons. If you go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons, you can get every episode a week ahead of time and ad-free. And all of our other amazing stuff. Henry, please tell everybody. You're, you're, you're really good at this. That's yes, why I keep okay. referring to you. <laughs> so at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons, there's every episode of Talking Simpsons a week early and ad-free. Our entire first season exclusively there. Our entire Talking Critic, where we go through every episode of The Critic. We have our new show starting on Friday of the week of the day you're hearing this it is the Talking Futurama where you go through every episode of the first season of Futurama and a ton of exclusive interviews not just from folks who worked on The Simpsons like Mike Scully and Bill Oakley but also animation superstars on their own like Ian Jones Cordy the creator of OKKO which I would absolutely love to do at least one episode of that show on this as well Hmm. there's so many awesome things and more stuff coming just $5 a month get you access to it check it out please i beg of you uh, patreon.com yes. slash talking simpsons and after episode one of talking futurama the rest can only be found on patreon mm. so please if you love the show please donate we give you so many podcasts for just five bucks a month and as for me i've been your host bob mackey uh find me on twitter as bob servo my other podcast is retronauts if you want to look up that that's at retronauts.com or look for retronauts in your podcast machine we are a classic gaming podcast we've been going on since 2006 i can't believe podcasts existed back then but 
they did. Uh, so yeah, just check it out. I think you'll like it if you like my voice. Matthew, you're a special guest. I am on Twitter at Mr. Matt J. I'm also at Disney 80s 90s, Disney 80s 90s, where I post cool things from the Disney company from the 80s and 90s, which if you're a stinking millennial like me, you might think is the best period for the company in their almost a century of existence. I'm an elder millennial and I agree. <laughs> I love everything from that time period. And we probably talked about a bunch of stuff in podcasts I've done with you guys recently that's from that time period from like DuckTales or, or Gummy Bears or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also make the YouTube show Cartoons 101 which you can find at youtube.com slash cartoons 101 where I talk about whatever cartoon topic I feel like talking about when I make a video. It's been on hiatus for a little while but it's coming back real soon. So let me know in the comments if you think there's something I want to cover. I've done topics like uh, I did a three-part series on Steven Spielberg's work in animation which was born out of the same place that gave us this show. It was. Uh, Tiny Toons. We mentioned many times this episode which was produced by him. Uh, that was a good video. Thank series. you. Uh, I also have a video about uh, my first one ever which was featured on the AV Club which is about the history of Robin Williams voicing the genie how they got him how they lost him how they got him back and what he made them do to to for him to come back and voice the character and and just again you know tweet at me let me know what topics you'd like to see covered I love all cartoons oh no nah, nah, you know <laughs> I think <laughs> all, I think all cartoons, cartoons really all cartoons are valid <laughs> yeah. how about that Yes, that's our motto on this show. Thanks for listening, folks. Uh, we'll see you next week for an episode of King of the Hill. But remember, if you go to patreon.com slash talking you can hear it right goddamn now. But thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. a hot bath yourself. <laughs>